guys. Bird is back. Oh shit. Wow. Oh, I came in too early. Fuck. <laughs> oh man, I'm out of practice. There it is. Alrighty then. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast, everybody. Welcome back. And uh, I do apologize for my absence over the last few weeks. It's been fucking crazy. And I'm all, always fucking, you know, scared to come back to this podcast if I've taken a bit of a break like that. Uh, so, yeah, if it's going to be rusty, it's going to be rusty. It is what it is, guys. you got to let me warm up to this shit every now and then. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. So, it's been fucking crazy. We've got lots of music to talk about. We've got to catch up on a whole bunch of shit. We will get through it. Um, but I feel like I owe you a little bit of an ex explanation, really. Not really. I don't really owe anyone anything, except for my bank, which I owe a lot of money to. Um, but yeah, guys, March is just crazy. It shouldn't have been as crazy as it fucking is, or was, or has been. I mean, we're nearly over it now. What are we at? Like the 30th? Yeah, it's nearly over. Good Lord, this fucking month, guys. So anyway... Last episode, I chatted to the um, the amazing Natalie Shea. Hope you guys checked out that episode and checked out her music and stuff. And I hope you realized that I had her on because she's completely different as far as uh, music stylings go, right? We don't really talk about um, Taylor Swift that much unless we're bagging on it and stuff like that. But um, yeah, a really cool chick, really cool uh, sort of um, interview, I guess. You know, I suck at interviewing. And I suck at being interviewed as well. We'll get to that shit later on. But it was my birthday at the start of this month. March 3 of the 3 is my birthday. And, um, you know, we partied. We had a good time. My wife spoiled me, which was awesome. She kind of felt guilty because last year I was locked down for my birthday because she got COVID. Um, but that's all over now. So technically I'm, you know, caught back up on birthdays or whatever, something like that. You know, you can't stop the planet rotating around the sun, but you can, uh, you know, decide to keep track of it or not. Uh, that's what it is. But anyway, let's just say I'm in my 30s. That'll do. Um, so she took us out. It was a fun time. Uh, she booked a hotel room. We got to stay at the Parmelia Hilton in the city. Don't know if you guys have ever been there. I had never been there. Why would I go to my own city to stay? It's one of those staycation things. Unless you go to the casino, I don't really see the point. Um, but yeah, took us out. Uh, it's supposed to be a nice hotel. It's supposed to be four or five stars, something like that. I don't really know. Um, so it was a night out on the town, guys. She had booked um, comedy tickets to the comedy lounge in the city there. Um, I had never been there before. I always wanted to check it out. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind in the future, maybe getting on stage, trying out a fucking minute of material that I haven't written. But, you know, it's a dream of mine. Whatever. I'm interested in the place. Um, so that was the plan, guys. We go into the city. We check into the hotel. We have some drinks. You know, we relax. We get some food and we fucking go see a comedy show and then have some fun that night, right? Staying at the Parmelia Hilton. And um, I don't know what to make of this hotel, guys. It was pretty good but also pretty old and shit at the same time. And my wife knows me. She knows me well. She knows that it's my birthday and that probably what I want to do is just sort of sit somewhere and chat and have a few cigarettes and drinks, right? That's it. 
So he made sure to get a fucking hotel room with a balcony and all that sort of stuff, right? So we check into this hotel. Nice room. Big room. They upgraded us. Yeah. Not only were we having whatever room with a fucking balcony, now we've got a bigger room with a balcony. So I'm like, wicked. We, <laughs> we get to the room and I go out, you know, to have a cigarette on the balcony. It's fucking locked. Can you believe this? I thought it was some sort of mistake. And so I managed to get the actual door unlocked, but there was an extra bolt in the floor, right? And, you know, it's just drama after drama. So I'm like, all right, fair enough. There's no fucking fly screens or anything on these windows. I'll just pop one of these windows and swing it open, right? And I'll just have a cigarette hanging out the window. Fine. That was also bolted shut. So in my confusion... I call the reception. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? Um, I can't get out on my balcony. I can't do, you know, can't open the window. Would, you know, I'm not telling them I'm going to go out there for a cigarette. I'm just like, well, I'd like some fresh air in my hotel room. That's costing a pretty penny or whatever. It's supposed to be four or five stars or some shit, right? Paris Hilton wouldn't put put up with that shit, right? Uh, so they're like, all right, we're going to send up a concierge over there. Um, at the moment, we're not allowed to use the balconies because some incident happened a couple of years ago. I'm like, yeah, I know what fucking incident happened a couple of years ago. The pandemic hit and you locked everything down and you've probably lost the keys, right? Something like that. But they're like, yeah, the window should be no problem. I'll get someone to come up there and open up that window for you. Wicked. So we're hanging in the hotel room, drinking, doing all sorts of fun shit. Uh, 40 something minutes pass. Still no one's up to open up my window. So I'm like, fuck this. Let's just go for some drinks. Let's do a little bit of a pub crawl around the town. So we did that, right? Get back to the hotel room. The plan is get to the hotel room, start, you know, getting organized. The missus has got to get ready for the the comedy show and all that sort of shit. Hopefully they've opened it by now or whatever, right? So say we checked in at like, say, 3 p.m., something like that. Um, The comedy show is at like 7 o'clock. So... We've only been there a few hours. We just put our shit down. We haven't used anything, any facilities at all. And still, there's nothing open. So now I'm at that point where I'm like, uh, I really want a fucking cigarette on this balcony or out the window or something. I'm not going to just sit in this fucking room without having cigarettes, right? It's my birthday. Um, call them again. They're like, uh, I don't really know what's going on. We'll try and send someone up. So in the meantime, I've pulled out my little multi-tool that happened to be in my backpack. And I'm trying to unscrew these locks and I'm fucking, I'm getting, I'm getting pretty pissed off. I've even got the little saw tool out, um, tool out trying to fucking saw through the bolt and shit like that to no avail, obviously. It was bullshit. And so call them again. They send someone up. This time it's just a concierge and he has no intentions of opening up anything. He just comes in and offers us two free drink vouchers for their fucking bullshit pub downstairs that's full of snobs. I'm like, yeah, thanks, I appreciate this, but um, what's going on? Here's a thought. We've only checked in a few hours ago. Um, you know, obviously you advertised this room as having a balcony and you obviously don't have a balcony, so what happens if I check out now? Can we just check out and you give us the refund and I'll find another hotel? Oh, I'll fucking drive home. It's in Perth. I don't give a fuck. I'll take an Uber home. It doesn't bother me. I've already paid for the overnight parking. Whatever. doesn't matter. Um, he's like, all right, I'll talk to someone downstairs. Fucking another half hour passes. I call them again. I'm like, what's going on, guys? Can Is someone opening up this window or this balcony or something? They're like, all right, don't worry about it. Someone will be there in five minutes. 
literally two minutes later, some dude just comes in and he's just like, yeah, no worries, man. I'll unlock your, your balcony for you. Got the balcony open. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck? Why the hell was it so hard to get a fucking balcony unlocked in a hotel room that advertised a balcony just so I could have a cigarette? I don't fucking know. I felt like a dickhead. I felt like I was just fucking, you know, the most hated person in that hotel at that time. But, you know, I got it done. The comedy night was fun, guys. I don't know if you've ever been to the comedy lounge, but it's a bunch of... um comics that you know are probably running the same jokes for the last 30 years of their life something like that um the host was cool me being a fucking smoker i end up in the alley chatting to these dudes quite a bit which was fun always fun chatting to comics out in the back alley kind of disappointing because they're scabbing cigarettes off me so that whole idea of like you know one day i wouldn't mind doing comedy here or whatever it's like yeah shit they can't afford cigarettes doing that so i don't know what they're getting paid but you should pay them more guys like whoever's working at the comedy lounge pay you guys more they got to be able to at least afford, afford cigarettes they're going up there doing a hot 10 minutes i don't know it is what it is so that was my birthday weekend <laughs> finally got the fucking balcony open am i a dickhead for really you know being persistent with this i i I just wanted to have a cigarette and a beer on my birthday. The wife was getting upset because she knows what I'm like. And uh, seeing me getting frustrated, she's like, shit, I didn't want your day to go like this, whatever. It's like, it's not her fault. Fuck the Parmelia Hilton, whatever. Open up your fucking balconies, guys. I don't care what the hell happened in the past. Just why did it have to take me threatening to check out for you to actually open up the balcony? Oh, I don't know. God, shit. And that was just the start of the month, guys. You can imagine what it's been like. I've, oh, so many dramas. I'm going to save these stories for another time because, one, they're not very interesting. And, uh, and two, there's just too fucking many of them. I've been a righteous asshole for the last fucking three weeks, it feels like, where um, I'm just trying to be nice and do the right thing and uh, I end up being a dick for even trying. Whatever. It is what it is. That's not the big news. There is big news, guys. Our boy Liam, my musical wife, has found himself an actual wife. Can you believe it? And they got married. Oh, congratulations to Liam and Kelsey. Good fucking Lord. It's amazing. I knew Liam had um, got engaged. We had no idea when the wedding was going to be. He sprung it like a fucking, like a, like a, I don't know, what do they call that? A fucking... What's that, what's that kind of wedding when it just sort of happens real quick? Something shot, whatever, fucking... Anyway, it's one of those real spontaneous weddings, right? And I think it was because he had family coming over for an engagement party, but they would kind of said that they wouldn't hang around or they won't be able to make it back over for an actual wedding whenever you decide to plan or whatever. So they made the whole thing happen in like two or three weeks. So shout out to those guys. I've planned a wedding before. It took about four years and they uh, pulled this thing off in a couple of weeks. They did a midweek wedding down south. When he told me what was going on, there wasn't space. I wasn't invited. I wasn't happy about it because Liam's my boy. I had to fucking be there, right? So after guilt tripping him for a little while, um, I got the invite, and so I had to rush to scramble work and everything so I could free up some time to drive all the way down to Dunsborough, three hours or so, uh, to check out this wedding. So it was fucking beautiful, guys. So 
big congratulations to um, the newlyweds, Liam and Kels. Beautiful little ceremony. Um, you know, only family there and myself and a couple of other friends. Real tight, real small, out in the bush. It was fucking awesome. Beautiful meal afterwards. I did not get to do a speech. And as soon as Liam told me that he was getting married, I had already started planning this thing. And I'm kind of glad I didn't get to do it because I might have offended, let's say, 60 to 70% of the people there. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Fucking tremendous. Couldn't be happier for those guys. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, I love Liam. I love Kels. He has married a fucking winner. And, uh, you know, hope you live a long, happy life together and all that sort of bullshit. So I'm going to have a drink. To Liam and Kels, guys, you do it at home. You don't know these guys, but you've heard Liam's music. You know he's a fucking genius. If not, you're going to hear more in the future, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, a little toast to Liam and Kels. Mm. Oh, God, that feels weird, me just toasting fucking no one here at the bar by myself. On a fucking Thursday afternoon. Good Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life, guys? It is what it is. But anyway, so I was there for that fucking wedding. Um, and then the weekend after, um, Liam had organized this big party for all his friends, you know, and Kelsey's friends, obviously, um, to come together um, to actually celebrate the wedding because obviously none of them were invited or could have made it even if they were uh, and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> we had this big fucking... Um, party on a venue that's opened up here in Perth called The Raft. Has anybody heard of this place? It's literally a raft. It's a big floating um, like pontoon that's out there in the Swan River and you take like a little tender boat out there and you drink and then you take the boat back to the mainland or whatever. Yeah, kind of a strange venue. Um, so that was happening on a Saturday night. On the Saturday day, um, I was invited to go on um, the Mission Control podcast. And um, you guys should check that out. If you want to hear me talking about um, nonsense, uh, go check out the Mission Control podcast. Um, so the new episode, I think, is already up. God damn it. I can't stand my own voice and I can't stand seeing myself. So they filmed it and all that sort of shit. I don't want anything to do with it. I will never listen to it. But what I do remember is never finishing a good point on this podcast. So I might be rambling like crazy and then just forgetting what I was actually talking about and not landing the fucking points I wanted to, but that's it. I suck at interviewing. I fuck it and suck at being interviewed. It's just all bad for me. All bad for me. Um, I'm not even good at this shit. Especially not today. I feel fucking well out of practice or something like that. Anyway, so I'd finished that up. I was dropped into the city. The Mission Control podcast is um, hosted in our great town of Perth. Did that, walked over, got myself on the boat. The wife was going to come later with other friends and all that sort of shit. And the raft is a cool little venue, guys. But again, I'm just getting in trouble for things, it seems, right? And it's these power-tripping fucking security guards and assholes. So like I said, there's a boat that takes you over to this pontoon, this floating venue. That's literally just a bar, an open space. There's a DJ doing his shit. Um, there's some toilets. And there's a little bit of a fucking um, laneway next to the toilets where you can have cigarettes, right? Of course. Of course. It needs to happen. I wouldn't go otherwise. And uh, while I'm going over there, so I'm taking this little boat over to this raft by myself. Um, and there's some other party sort of on, on board and, and shit like that. Not a, not a small boat, a fairly decent sized boat. There's a guy that's, you know, his whole, whole job is just to release ropes and to tie up ropes, right? You know, 
That's he's a crewman. He's a fucking deckhand on the boat, right? This guy is a power tripping motherfucker. Um, and I didn't realize it at first, but it became evident as uh, the you know the conversations continued. So I'm there by myself. I'm chatting to him. I'm asking him, "Hey man, do you want me to help you release a rope?" And he's straight away. He's like, "Sir, I would appreciate it if you didn't touch any ropes." I'm like, all right, you could just say no. That's that's fine. This dude's like my age or younger, right? But just this nerdy looking fucking, you know, he had, his posture was too good to be a cool guy, right? You can always tell by someone's lack of swagger of how their conversations are going to go or something like that. I was like, all right, fair enough. So we're on this boat heading over to the raft and he's standing there. I'm trying to drum up conversations and I've got my backpack with me um, that I had bought to the podcast because I needed to bring drinks with me to this podcast to drink all these drinks while I was doing the podcast. Now all that's in my bag is like a jacket for later on if I need it and my rolly cigarettes. That's it. Literally, that's it. So I ask him, hey man, is there anywhere on this venue, this pontoon, for me to dump my shit just so I don't have to constantly keep an eye on it or whatever? And, and, and he's like, oh, I don't know, but now that you mention it, can I check your bag? This guy's not a security guard. He's a deckhand that throws ropes onto boats. That's all he does. And I'm like, all right. So I open up my bag and show him, like, oh, can you lift that up? He's doing the most thorough bag search I've ever had in my life, including airports, right? I'm like, okay, that's a little bit weird. We get to the party. It's all good. People arrive. I'm starting to drink, starting to dance, starting to do all this sort of shit, right? Um, at one point, I noticed the actual security guard that's on the, on the, the raft venue itself um, is a bit of a power-tripping dickhead himself, this little nerdy dude with glasses. I'm standing over in the smoking area, like everybody else with, is having a cigarette. Uh, he tells me off for ashing my cigarette into the water. And like, you might think that's polluting. It's fucking ash in a river. Like, it's, that's, I'm not flicking the butt into the river. Obviously, I would never do that. I love animals. I love fucking trying to keep this place clean. I don't pollute, but ash, what the fuck? That doesn't count as litter. So anyway, he took a bit of a power trip there. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Cool. Meanwhile, the DJ is playing, and he fucking stinks. He's playing like Shania Twain, and he's playing that song for about 20 seconds and he'll mix it up with some other ABBA bullshit or something like that. Like, he's not reading this demographic at all. All these people are in their 30s. They don't need to fucking hear Dancing Queen, right? So we're getting on in the night. I'm dancing. I'm having some fun. And he's playing this god-awful nonsense and everyone's like, you know, pretending to get into it. And so I look over at him and I don't like this song, but I know it's a banger at fucking parties that involve 30-something-year-olds. And I was like, yo, dude, isn't it time for Mr. Brightside? And he rolls his eyes at me as if I've suggested something fucking lame. Like, you know, like we all wanted to hear Can't Impress You, um, Can't impre Doesn't Impress Me Much. What was that Shania Twain song? God. That Don't Impress Me Much? Whatever that song is. Fucking, that's what he was cranking at the time. And apparently Mr. Brightside was a worse suggestion than that. And I was like, all right, fair enough. Okay, so he rolled his eyes. I was like, well, that's not going to happen. So I go back over to the smoking section, right? I pull out a cigarette and I start hearing Mr. Brightside getting mixed into this bullshit. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I request requested this song. I should go over there and dance. My, my, my wife's dancing over there. It's still a bit of a party going on. I was like, cool. So I, d I hadn't lit my cigarette. 
I'm like, wicked. I'll go back onto the dance floor now, right? And I did that. As I'm walking to the dance floor, that fucking dude from the boat that was holding the, the ropes that was searching my bag and the nerdy fucking security guard both grabbed me like I'm under arrest, holding both of my arms back like a chicken wing. So my hands are still in front of me, but they've pulled my elbows back, right? And I'm like, guys, the cigarette's not lit. And they're like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, what is going on? And so I have to scramble to get this fucking cigarette back in its packet because for some reason, having an unlit cigarette in your hand is an absolute no-go. This fucking dickhead that was from the boat isn't even a security guard. So as far as I'm concerned, I just got assaulted by some fucking seaman for no reason. And like that just ruined the party for me. So I tried to dance to Mr. Brightside. I'm like, nah, I'm not feeling this anymore. This is fucked. Like these guys are just like looking at me like I'm the problem when like, good Lord, I don't fucking know shit, guys. I'm such a dickhead. I don't know. Well, they're the stories from the, you know, the past couple of weeks. There's tons more, tons more. And, you know, it's just me getting into dramas for absolutely no reason as far as I could tell. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about music. It is the Jam Room Podcast, after all. I'm trying to keep it somewhat music-related, uh, even though we kind of dip into nonsense every now and then. Ugh. All right, just a little interjection here, guys. Before we get into music and stuff, I did want to talk about um, Australian Idol. Because, you know, I love Australian Idol and all that sort of shit, right? Um, but I uh, got to check out the, um, the final. So the final of Australian Idol was on probably last week sometime. I don't know. I didn't watch any of the season, right? I watched, like, the, the auditions, and then they bugged me because it was just way too much hype, like, and I just want to fucking watch people sing or try to sing, right? I don't need to hear their backstory and all that sort of bullshit, but that's just how they run these shows. They milk the shit out of it. Um, so I got fed up with it, but it was like, all right. It was, it was dinner time, you know, the wife's watching fucking the Australian Idol final. I'll watch it as well. Cool. So I got to check out the three finalists. Um, and if you followed along at all, you'll know who these guys are. So what we had, we had a 23-year-old named Royston. Um, I'm not going to even try to say his, his last name. Um, a 50-year-old uh, from here in Perth uh, named Phoebe Stewart. And a 20-year-old named uh, Josh Hannon. I can pronounce that one. Um, really, really cool. All three of these guys, pretty damn good singers, right? Obviously, to make it to the final, right? Uh, so what we have is like a 15-year-old a, a young white chick. We have a 20-year-old young dude named Josh. And we have a 23-year-old um, uh, big guy. He's just a, a big, fat, sort of solely sort of singer named Royston, right? Um, and so I watched their performances for the finale. And um, for me to rate them, I would say the chick did the best. Phoebe did great. Josh definitely did an amazing job. He bought out the guitar for the finale. Um, and all that sort of shit. And uh, then uh, Royston was by far the worst. He was flat. His, his performance kind of stunk, right? Um, however, Royston has a couple of aces up his sleeve uh, because of, um, you know, identity politics, right? He happens to be an Aboriginal fella from a community of only 300 people. So... He's got that going for him as far as marketing and the PR firms are concerned, right? Also, he's fat, which is like, you know, kind of cool these days because of Lizzo or whatever, right? 
and also he's queer. That's a trifecta or a quadfecta or whatever. So from an isolated town, Aboriginal, fat and queer. And, you know, when they're, they're hyping these guys up, it kind of shows them their backstory and they talk about why they want to do it and what it would mean to them to win and all that sort of stuff. And this Royston guy, um, he, uh, he said, you know what, like, I, I'm just happy, I'm, I'm proud to be able to represent you know, to be a representative on stage, to see, like, it wants other people to be able to see that, I don't know, concoction of conditions or whatever, <laughs> um, represented on screen and stage and on Spotify, I guess, or whatever. Um, hate to break it to you, Royston, but being an overweight, queer, Aboriginal guy from a community of, like, 300 people, you're the only one, dude. You're the only one. If there's another one out there and you're representing him on, on screen, that's a, a silly thing to do because, you know, like, come on. Like, there's way bigger communities that need representation on screen rather than this extremely small slice of the pie. But whatever. He had that going for him. And his performance was by far the worst. So guess what? He won. He absolutely did. Apparently. This Royston dude, and a very nice guy, and a great singer and all that sort of stuff. But, like, uh, I can't help but think that, you know, maybe all that other sort of uh, identity politics had something to do with your win. Because it wasn't based on pure vocal performance, which it's supposed to be. Uh, but whatever, it's marketable these days, I guess. Something like that. Um, and so, straight away, after the, the Australian Idol um, happens, the, the new single comes out for whoever won and I don't know how they do this because there's no way that you can produce well start with write you can't write produce record master and get ready a single overnight you can't do that right so they've obviously done this uh, previously either they knew who was going to win and they just did that and they had it all in the in the bag anyway right all in the can they would say right or they get all the singers to sing the same song, which doesn't make sense to me because they're obviously different styles, right? Or did they have three different singles completely pre-recorded and ready to go in the can for when whoever wins and the other two, they just scrap, wasting all that fucking money, time, effort, all that shit, right? So I don't really know how they, they do this sort of stuff. Obviously, it's bullshit. Um, but what I find kind of strange, because I listened to Royston's new single when it came out after Australian Idol. Um, I couldn't help but think it reminded me of something uh, a little bit. Um, have a listen to his little big hook before his chorus right here. See if you know what I'm talking about. Obviously, a completely original, original sort of uh, chorus there, right? There's, there's absolutely no correlation or absolutely no influence or no ripoff uh, from um, this song. And I'm just saying, 
I hope everyone's excited about uh, Royston's sort of debut single, but I also hope that uh, Rihanna's fucking lawyers are getting excited as well, right? And what's interesting about this is that obviously Royston didn't write that song. Apparently it was written by Tones and I. And I, I like Tones and I. She seems like the real deal, right? Come on, Tones and I. You could do fucking better than ripping off Rihanna and just selling that song to the fucking Channel 10 or whatever for Australian Idol or some shit. Like, there's got to be some fact-checking going on, right? I don't know what's going on with that. Anyway... So Australian Idol was won by this guy, Royston, who obviously didn't pull at any heartstrings because of things other than his vocal talent. Obviously not. Definitely not. And um, the song that he uh, released as his fucking debut single, and I don't blame him for it. He's obviously um, been eaten up by the corporate machine right now. And so I feel for you, bro. Like, if you fucking, you know, want to come on this podcast and chat about it, like, you know... I don't know what you can talk about without getting fucking sued, but Jesus, it's not his fault. But Tones and I should know better. She's got more fucking leverage than that fucking show. I'm sure Tones and I has a bigger fan base than a fucking Australian Idol, which is garbage, right? So I don't know what the fuck happened there. Feel sorry for it. I don't know. Let's move on with the fucking podcast, eh? So what's been going on musically in your world, guys? If you've got any recommendations, please send them to me because, um, good Lord, I need some right now. I need some good music in my life because at the moment it seems to be pretty garbage out there. Um, what did I check out? Oh, so Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Can you believe it? Fallout Boy bought out a new album and it's called, uh, well, it's called maybe two things. It's called uh, So Much Stardust or it's called So Much For Stardust. The word for is in... Um, is in brackets there. So I guess you can include it or not. So if you read it as so much stardust, it means there's a lot of stardust, right? Or if it's so much for stardust, it means that whatever stardust they have is like, I don't know, not living up to expectations or something like that. Fucking so much for stardust. Either they didn't get it or they didn't get enough or it's not doing what they thought it would do or whatever. And what the fuck is stardust supposed to do anyway? So much stardust. Do you want heaps of stardust I, I know we're all made of fucking the uh the elements that have come from exploded stars uh, particularly ones way bigger than us because our stars only big enough to what create hydrogen and helium is that right so you need a way bigger star to have all the carbon and the heavy metals and shit that we have and so yeah whatever we all know we made stardust cool that's fucking yeah like i said i don't know if you would care about stardust i mean i kind of know what gold dust is Remember Gold Dust? He was that um he was that gay wrestler from the uh like late nineties, early two thousands. Remember Gold Dust? Kinda looked like Sam Smith. I'm pretty sure Sam Smith is the like Gold Dust's son. I'm 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 pretty sure the guy that played Gold Dust wasn't actually gay. It was just like one of the fucking one of those uh stupid um characters that Vince McMahon came up with or whatever. Anyway, the album. I Fall Out Boy. It's pretty good. I'd literally never listened to Fall Out Boy before. And then when I heard this album, I was like, oh yeah, shit, I've heard these guys before. Of course I know them. It's just that pop emo sort of rocky sort of stuff. I don't even want to say pop punk because it's got none of the attitude of punk. Um, so some sort of emo rocky sort of shit. Um, the guy can sing, man. Uh, like I'll give him that. He can definitely sing. 
uh, and the the album was harmless. I actually enjoyed listening to it. It was kind of cool, kind of poppy. You know, had its sort of moments here and there. Uh, here's a little bit of a taste of it. Yeah, so not terrible, not terrible, not not really worth uh, writing home about or worth doing a podcast about or whatever. But here we are. Um, so yeah, go check that out, guys. That's Fallout Boys. If you were ever a fan of Fallout Boy, I want you to do a couple of things um, for me. One, listen to this album. Let me know what you think. And two, tell me why you like Fallout Boy, because I don't really get it. Because it seems so like I don't know not edgy you know what i mean like if if you're going to lean into some sort of rock or punk or some kind of heavier genre be a little edgier than that i don't know what's edgy about this album but i don't know maybe the title because it could be read both ways or something like that i don't fucking know but whatever speaking of fucking lack of edge or lack of groove i did listen to the new metallica single and the album is coming out soon. We've got a release date, the 14th of April. We're going to get hit with a new um, Metallica album. Everyone's excited, except for me, who is a huge Metallica fan. But I don't know what's going on in their business model. But they seem to have like forgotten all the progress they made uh, in like the late 90s and stuff like that. Then they just reverted back. So as soon as they released that Death Magnetic album, remember that? Um, probably, I don't know, I want to say mid-2000s. Whenever they released that, and I listened to that album, I actually went and bought that album as soon as it came out. And by the way, I'm a fan of St. Anger and shit. I thought that was cool. I saw growth with that album, and I was looking forward to the next level of the groove and rawness and like sweet-ass riffs and energy from St. Anger being polished and being made actually coherent. Because let's face it, that album's a little bit incoherent. I was looking forward to that. What we got instead was just a, a like some some someone hit the reset button and was like, you know what, let's go back to our thrash fucking roots or some shit. And it was garbage. So I remember buying that album and then like literally giving it away that day. Um, and they've had other albums since and they all kind of fit that sort of... Uh, same sentiment as far as I'm concerned, where they're trying to recapture this um, high energy thrash stuff from their earliest, earliest fucking shit. Their earliest shit also had some maturity to it and it had some ballads and had some fucking moments to breathe or whatever. But anyway, I digress. They've got this new um, single out. It's called If Darkness Had a Sun. Super gay name. If Darkness Had a Sun. Oh, where do we get started on that? Jesus Christ. Anyway. Here's a little chunk from it, and um, yeah, here's like a bit of the intro for this song, If Darkness Had a Sun. What a hypothetical.
it is. That's it. That's what they're coming up with these days. As if they uh, haven't written thousand times better riffs in the in the in the past. Now they're just chugging away on an E chord, just just straight open E. Probably E flat. I haven't really checked the tuning. I haven't tried to play along yet, but I'm sure they're tuned down a little bit these days to help out with Hetfield and his vocals or whatever. But God damn it. Lars Ulrich just fucking bugs me with his lack of groove. His lack of groove, man. Like, you got this big single coming out and, like, you do something kind of interesting with the drums and then you just drop into, like, let's just go fucking 4-4 four, four again. That's all it needs. It's like, oh, shit. I don't know about those guys, man. I really don't know about uh, Metallica. When they come, if they do tour around here in Perth, I'm definitely going to go catch it. Obviously, I, I've got so many regrets in the past from missing their shows when, they, when Metallica was fucking Metallica. So I've got to make up for it, even if I have to put up with a couple of these bullshit tracks. Um, but, you know, I, I actually don't really want to go to a, Mal a Metallica show that uh, I don't recognize half of the songs. Literally, if they play any track from 2000 and, let's say, 8 back, I know them all. Off by heart, love them all. If they do any of their new shit, like yeah, whatever. That's uh, I guess I'll appreciate it. It's time to get a drink, um, or whatever. But yeah, so that was, that was Metallica. I'm looking forward to the new album just to see if there's anything interesting in it. And obviously, a couple of weeks from now, I guess it what April 14th. So a couple of weeks from now, we'll um, we'll chat about it on the podcast. We'll see what happens. Should be a fun time for all. Um, the other album I did check out, I checked out this album while I was getting ready for uh, Liam's wedding down south, because um, I know the wife wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have minded listening to this one either. Uh, the album is called Endless Summer Vacation by Miley Cyrus, oh, and it's a bit of a banger. Um, not because I really, really like every song or anything like that, but good lord, her voice just gets better and better, hey? Ah. Uh, Love it. I love the grit in her voice and everything. And this is kind of a weird album. It kind of starts as a like a poppy country album, is what I'm going to say. Um, there's a few feature artists in there, like Brandy Carlisle, I believe, is on a track. Um, in fact, this track, so this is what I'm talking about. This is around the start of the album-ish. Um, I forget what the, this track's called, but um, you'll see what I mean. It's a bit pop, and it's got the country sort of tones to it. Hey, have a listen to this. I know half of what I'm saying don't make no sense, so don't ask me where I've been. I'm not always right, but still I ain't got time for what went wrong. Where I end up, I don't really care. I'm out of my mind, but still I'm holding on like a rolling stone. A thousand miles from anywhere. Awesome. I mean, it's got the country stuff, but like her voice is still phenomenal. The production is great on that album. I don't know if I captured the production quality uh, very well with my recordings of those songs, but um, go check it out for yourself, guys. It's uh, Endless Summer Vacation. Really, really cool. And like, it gets sort of like a darker sort of pop vibes towards the end of the album. Like, she's got a song. Um, uh, again, I should have written down what it's called, but whatever. It's featuring Sia. Um, it's, I don't know, listen to this track. Get the fuck out of my house with that shit. Get the fuck out of my life with that shit. 
So that's some singing. I don't know. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. Like, Miley Cyrus has got a fucking sexy-ass voice. And I don't know how you would get that kind of voice. You just got to smoke cigarettes? I don't know. I've been trying for God knows how long, and I haven't got a voice that sounds that kind of fucking gritty and cool and nuanced and whatever like that. But shit, she can sing. Fuck yeah. Miley Cyrus absolutely crushing it. Who would have thought... From Disney star to fucking pop icon to just fucking a real ass fucking musician. I'm starting to respect the shit out of Miley Cyrus, which I never saw coming. But here we are, guys. Here we are. And also, here we are at the end of another podcast. And I apologize for how rusty this thing must have sounded. Good Lord, I've got to get back into the routine of this sort of shit. So it won't be that long. I've actually got heaps of things cooking on the back burner, guys. So... Things might get interesting over the next few months over here. Uh, so stay tuned. Remember to tell your friends about this podcast and you can check me out talking nonsense. Stuff other than music um, on the Mission Control podcast. Their new episode came out a few days ago with me on it. I'm wearing a black shirt and a Slytherin tie. Looking like a hipster. It was fucking cool. Um, yeah, I haven't figured out what to do with my hair yet. So I'm just rocking with what I've got. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do as a, as a man is to change your hairstyle, right? Like, where the fuck do you start? Like, where do you get advice from? I'm not going to my hairdresser and, like, trusting his opinion. My hairdressers look like shit. So, I don't know. And I don't want to be super trendy. So, I don't know. I'm trying to just rock what I've got and trying to shape it into something that, you know, doesn't get me fired or what. I don't know. It's real hard. How the hell do you go about changing your hairstyle? I was kind of over the fucking sort of parted to the side, sort of hair up in the air sort of thing. Because when it gets long, I just, you know, I lean into the Ace Ventura thing too much. But ah, I could do a lot worse than that. But sometimes I have to look somewhat presentable. That ah, rarely happens. Whatever. Guys, this is the Jam Room Podcast. What am I going to leave you with? I've got to leave you with something. Well, here's an idea. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea. So we talked about Miley Cyrus and how cool her voice is. And we talked about Metallica and how much they disappoint me. Uh, so let's combine the two. You guys must have heard this. I would have talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, Miley Cyrus singing Metallica. Nothing else matters. With uh, Elton John doing nothing on the piano for some reason. As well as a bunch of other people sort of joining in for that recording. I'm pretty sure, uh, pretty sure Chad Smith, a.k.a. Will Ferrell, is playing drums or something. Doing a way better job than Lars. Just saying. I'm pretty sure any drummer does a better job, job than fucking Lars covering Metallica songs. But, you know, God bless that retard. God bless him. He's still fucking disappointing people worldwide and getting paid for it. Good on you, Lars. All right, this is the fucking Jam Room Podcast for this week, guys. I apologize for its rustiness, but you're hearing Miley Cyrus singing Nothing Else Matters. Um, you know, take care now. Bye-bye then.
so close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trust in who we are.
Couldn't be much more from the heart Forever trusting who we are No 